freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Ward, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. All right, we are rolling along here from spring training. Great to be at the Mariners facility. Beautiful to be down here. Sun is shining. Team is uh, working out. They've got players meetings today. Uh, We're going to talk to Matt Brash. Coming up at 8.30, looking forward to that. And we'll have a little football conversation today as well. I want to dig into this Russell Wilson story that came out on Friday, uh, which was apparently a bombshell. I don't know that that was a term I would have used for it. Uh, Cole Calhoun is here. You can see him over our shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, hopefully not trying to destroy the Mariners from the inside after years of destroying them from the other side. Uh, so we'll see how that situation goes. Um, let's see. We've seen a bunch of other players walk in. Logan Gilbert just walked by. George Kirby just walked by. Dylan Moore. Moore just walked by. Julio is walking by as we speak, heading out to do a little bit of hitting. Chris He's got Flexen. a bat in hand. Chris Flexen walking in the building. So uh, he's pitching today. So Brock, he's pitching today. Try to try to avoid try to avoid that conversation. You, know, you never talk to a starting never, pitcher on never, the day they're starting. Don't, you don't even look at them. Don't, do don't that. even look at them. Make sure you give them a space. <laughs> All right. I've learned some some lessons. Yeah, that was another early Brock moment. He yeah. came in here and I was talking. I was walking by and he just. Starts talking to Jared Washburn. He's uh-huh. going oh, yeah. on and on. I said, like, Brock, what? He, he's starting today. So? What? So? I was like, start pitcher. He's starting that day. Leave the man alone. His own teammates won't talk to him. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, it's good. It's good to be down here, and it's good to just sort of see it. Brock watched uh, Jared yep. Kelnick throwing a medicine ball against the wall for about 10 minutes. And, uh, you know, actually, I think Ukulekta's. Yeah, there's the drool. You got it. You got oh, it right. Thank you. Got it right yeah. off the right off the lips there. That's good. It's <laughs> nice to see that removed. Um, okay, first impression. Can we talk about the team a little bit? We can. Let me give you another first oh, impression. Another first impression. Another first impression. Da, 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 da. Yep. I said last hour, first impression was thick. T-H-I-C-C. Even Cole Calhoun right here. I mean, he is a thick, squatty dude. When we were here 14 years ago, Buff Dude Report had to be formed because there were no Buff Dudes. Uh, where are the buttons at? Where, where's guys that look different than everybody else? You now, and then Jack Sorenza came in here, and truth be told, he wanted a lot of big dudes, especially his pitchers, good size, broad-shouldered, athletic. Uh, you don't see many guys walking around here that aren't athletes. They're all athletes. Ath- yeah, they're mostly athletes. And 14 years ago, they weren't athletes. You do see a lot of the sort of very tall, lanky pitchers. You'll see that, right? and then you see a lot of really buff dudes, and they work at it, and, you know, Jerry and Scott have talked about this. But, they, they put a premium on pitching. Okay, so now we'll shift to your team. Yes, I know that there's still You also ranges. see Luis Castillo. Yeah. Luis and, had a big presence to him. He does, but he's yeah. also got, there's other parts that are big too. Well, he's flexible. Okay? Well, great. He's got, yeah, he's got to be flexible. And, he doesn't need to be all muscle bound. And Diego Castillo walked through as well. And, you know, he's but, got some girth the, to him. The level of athleticism on this team, and it's what they have gone after, right? It is, they, they've drafted a lot of athletic guys, mm-hmm. multi-sport guys. They traded for Jared Kelnick. They, they want that athletic factor. Did they know the rules were going to change? Did they know we were going to see a lack of shifting? Did they know the bases were going to get bigger? Did they know there's going to be a lot more hyperactivity? Not necessarily, but they knew they needed 
They needed athleticism. Yeah. They needed speed in a big ballpark. You, you know, well, they the said balls... they wanted to be hard to play against. Yes, and, and those athletes do make it hard. Yes. to play against them. You know, it's it's it is interesting, sort of seeing how they've gone in that direction. And I like it. I mean, I, I'm agreeing with you. I think you're absolutely right. There's, it's not going to be everybody. Nope. And you got to be real careful applying labels to baseball players and saying it can only work one way or the other because the moment you do that you overlook somebody yep. who can who has a skill set that is valuable even if he doesn't same, necessarily look talk, like it. it's the same thing at the combine this week yeah they're going to want the guys that are all traitsy right we're going to be watching tyree wilson hopefully together on thursday at the combine oh right? oh yeah we're going to get TV? together to watch the combine I've, i think so i think I we don't should think do that. so i think it'd be good team i don't think that's going to happen well okay well, fine maybe three of us will. by maybe. the way just coming out this morning <laughs> Jalen Carter will not be participating. I saw that. He's only doing interviews. Yeah. Which, maybe if Tyree Wilson, who is it that we talked to? Matt Miller said he yeah. might move up during the combine anyways. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. May give him some. But at the edge. combine, you know what they look for? Traitsy. Let me check every box. Oh, let me see long arms. Let me see 6'6". Six, six. Let me see these beautiful traits that year after year are pretty darn good for decades in the NFL. But you know what? There could be uh, Tyler Lockett. Right? Who doesn't check every single box. Oh, there's Russell Wilson. Doesn't check every single box. So in the same vein here, Ty France, he didn't jump as high and on those little uh, floor plates over there, mm-hmm. force plates that they measure. I'm sure that he's probably not up there with some of the others. But you know what, man? That guy can hit. And when he's healthy, he can really Did hit. Did you hear that his uh, wrist heard. was a little hurt last I year? I heard. Wrist and elbow. Yeah, they're, a little, uh, they're kind of bothering Where him. were you when that news came out? I know. I'm sorry I got that one so wrong. Where, where, where were you? And what did you do? How many fist pumps? Well, I was, we, played, uh, we played a Selk was right montage on yeah. Friday. Oh, we did. Yeah. Oh, good. I created it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to work, created a whole montage you, myself. You were rightly, or I mean, roundly crushed for that take last year, oh, yeah. and I, told you were wrong yeah. over and over by multiple sources, I, including Scott Service, sure. who is going to join us this week, and will have to answer for his comments. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, well, even Ty France during the season last year, right? To be fair. To Shannon and to Ryan Divish and to everybody else that I'm fine. Stop yeah. pointing to a wrist or an elbow. You know what's fine. helpful, though? Eyes. <laughs> it's good to have eyes. <laughs> Sometimes all you need to do is use them. They will show you everything you need to know. I'll tell you what. One thing I really – I just want to talk about this team for a few minutes. Right. In addition to the observations, I, you know, I say this every year, oh, so this gosh, doesn't mean Don't say it. I like this team a lot. Oh, yeah, I know. I did it. What an idiot. An hour and six minutes in. You know what I liked yesterday? I liked kind of like Wong hitting leadoff. Kind of like Julio hitting second. I kind of like a newly healthy Ty France hitting third. He ended up getting scratched because of the back issue, but Tay Oscar Hernandez hitting fourth. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you got yourself a real cleanup hitter who hits the ball real hard, is putting pressure on that pitcher because you know he's lurking. I kind of like Suarez hitting fifth. Mm-hmm. Right now, all of a sudden, he's lower in your order. Last year, he was hitting third or fourth. Has to do now you can drop him down a fifth and let him just clean things up after some of the big boys in front of him. And then, you know, whether it's Cal Raleigh or Jared Kelnick or some of the other guys that you can put down a little lower in the order. JP can be at the bottom of the order. Or he got on base yesterday. You can use your Dylan Moores and your Haggerty's yeah. and all of that stuff. Now you got yourself a little bit of a lineup. Now, it's not going to be top five in baseball, I don't think. It's not going to score a million runs. It's going to have its nights, I think, still where it struggles. But just the if Colton Wong can be the player that they've asked him to be at the top of the order, it just sets this thing up so well. Yeah, I know it's spring training. 
But the fact that Kelnick was not hitting ninth, mm-hmm. right? Remember that conversation a few weeks ago? Remember your whole comparison? There's Mr. Suarez. Trot Nixon. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you know, we're going to take all the pressure off. And I know it's spring training, and it, and it may look and different. He, and he's hitting second today. Julio's leading off. Kelnick's hitting second yep. in a, a, a lineup that is not quite as stacked as it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, I don't think you read too much into it, but it's not as if you're in the spring, at least the first week out, like, hey, let's let's put Jared at the bottom. No, let's get Jared some at-bats. Mm-hmm. And let's actually see him, hopefully, with all the people that you just mentioned there, doing some damage, getting on base, and, you know, see him in some of these situations and see him deliver. Well, and it, he may be somebody that needs some of that confidence of, hey, I trust you enough to hit your fifth or sixth today. And, yep. and, or today you know, or right, second. Right? And, and hiding you at the bottom of the line. Yeah, exactly. Now, he also moved up another spot because of Tay Oscar getting screwed scratched yesterday so you know i don't know how all those things play their way out but Mm -hmm. no i I think there is some element to that and trying to get him going so you know i do like the lineup i don't think it's perfect i still think it could be better but i think that it it looks a little bit i don't know cleaner with uh Mm -hmm. with colton wong at the top and i like that um i also think this bullpen is just going to be boy it is going to be competitive i think this bullpen is going to be absurd if there is going to be a spot on your roster that you don't mind seeing a little competition wow it's right there it is going to be and and not everybody who starts with it is going to finish with it, nope. right? But with what Munoz can do, with what Brash can do, with what we've seen from Seawald over the last few years, the, you know, he's now done it for a couple of years, so you start to trust it a little more, right? Is it Baroa? Is he the kid? Prelander, Baroa? Yeah. Jerry brought him up the other day, and I kept an eye on him Friday. Ooh. Filthy. Filthy. Yeah. Filthy. And, and Bryce slider rivals Brashes at times. And you may see Bryce Miller slot in there if he's able to, you know, if he doesn't, if they want him to and they feel like they need the multiple innings. And is Chris Flexen end up in that bullpen to take on multiple innings? I mean, there's a lot of ways this thing could be very, very effective, but they have shown a real understanding. And if Festa and Murphy and some of those guys who kind of came on last year, if they can do it again, and I don't know whether they can because that's hard. If they can do it again or get better, man, look out. I, I, I think this bullpen is going to be absolutely they, they nasty. They have enough depth if everybody can't do it again, right? That's right. Well, that's, my, yeah, that's a good point, right? So if, if Festa falls off, for example, is he replaced by Baroa? Is he replaced by one of these other guys? They brought in Justin Topa. They brought in a couple other dudes from, from the outside. So I, I really like what they've done, and I think that bullpen is going to be such a strength. We will talk to one of the key members, Matt Brash, coming up at 830, right after everything you need to know next. Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. But Mike, it's spring training. It doesn't matter. Leave it alone. All right, fine. But I'll tell you what. Jared Kelnick looked pretty darn good yesterday. He had himself a day. Home runs in his first two at-bats, and he got all of them. Shares some time out in left field along with veteran A.J. Pollock. Swing and a fly ball. Well hit. Into center field, and this one is gone. Goodbye baseball. A line shot home run for Jared Kelnick. His first hit of the spring is a rocket right back up the middle toward the batter's eye. Holy smokes, what a shot by Kelnick. I know you like loud. That was loud. That was loud. I mean, you can hear that crack of the bat loud and clear. Lined out in his third at bat, but all three were hit over 100 miles an hour. So look, maybe you're jaded because you've seen him perform well in spring training. I get it. Maybe you're a little jaded because you've seen him fare well against mediocre pitching like he saw yesterday. Kelna crushes bad pitching. There's no doubt about it. But when you see him hit the ball 400 plus feet up the middle like that, 
and understand his approach. I thought that was the best part is hearing him say this afterwards. Yeah, you know, it's I'm trying to have a mindset of it doesn't matter what the count is. I'm just trying to seriously take it one pitch at a time um, and then trying to flush the rest. Uh, so, like, it's helping me with situations like that so that the thought of having two strikes doesn't become overwhelming and just trying to win that pitch, you know. Well, I'll tell you what I liked when we were here at 6.45 in the morning. Who walked by us into the clubhouse? Jared Kelnick. And then at about, I don't know, 7 o'clock, 7.05, totally distracted me in the first segment of the show last hour. Uh, what did we see? We saw him uh, lunge thrusting medicine balls against this concrete wall, getting his work in early. Oh, I hit a couple home runs. I've got this thing figured out. No. I think he's learned how humbling and how hard this game of baseball is, how much work he's going to put into it, and how big of a season this is. Why are we talking about Jared Kelnick in the first hour and five minutes of this show? A bunch should mention his name more than any other Mariner, Mike. Because he had two home runs yesterday? Because if he's good, honestly. It's a game changer. I mean, if he's if he's anywhere, I mean, it, you, you go from good to great. If he takes that step and he is a difference maker, this team has a chance to go from good to great. Uh, he will be in the lineup once again today. Uh, Julio Rodriguez leading off. Jared Kelnick bats second. Not as many starters in the lineup as there were yesterday, but you'll see Chris Flexen take the mound against the White Sox. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, I don't know if you're going to like this news, Brock, but uh, Sean Desai, Seahawks' associate coach for defense, who I think played a pretty big role last year and everyone seems to like quite a bit, had a second interview with Philadelphia. So it doesn't mean he's gotten the job, but he's now had two interviews for their Mm. defensive coordinator spot. Probably not something you were hoping to hear. Bobby Wagner, speaking of defense, going to be released uh, from the Rams. Are you interested? Yeah, I'm interested. Certainly interested in having that conversation. If you listen to John Schneider, my takeaway from this is that he's interested in the conversation as well. Obviously, amazing player, icon, Hall of Famer, all that. Uh, He's not officially released yet, so uh, he's not on the waivers so uh congratulations to whoever scooped that but uh yeah no he's he's uh he's technically still on their roster and uh so we won't be able to speak to his agent for a minute or two which is actually himself so but it makes it sound as if he wants yep. to speak to his agent. Yep, and I think he probably will when the new league year begins in a couple weeks. I don't know if Bobby will be in, in Indianapolis this week. A lot of the rest of the agents are. And in fact, the whole NFL world descends upon the Midwest beginning today with player interviews and physicals. The D lineman will work out on Thursday. I'll get into that in Blue 88 a little bit here in a half an hour. I don't know if Bobby goes and walks around those buildings. He may as an agent. Those teams, I think, officially can't talk to him, as John said, until he is released. But you're going to have that conversation. And and I know there was a lot of folks saying, oh, no way. You burned that bridge. You napalmed it. You disrespected the man on the way out the door. I don't think that's the case at all. I think those two will have a conversation, and we'll see whether the number and the role is right for one another. And if it is, he could be back in the Seahawks uniform. Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, I think we've learned that the Kraken are a good hockey team this year. They are. They're a good team. And we saw on Thursday that they can play with the better teams. When they played their game, they played with the Bruins, who are as good as it gets. Unfortunately, they ended up falling in what was like a playoff atmosphere at uh, at Climate Pledge. But then you also see them get blown out last night by Toronto, another great team, 5-1. to one. So it's not like they're far off. So adding may be helpful for them at the deadline, which is at the end of this week. 
On the other hand, you might be far enough away from those teams that you want to be measured in how much of your future resources you want to invest into. You want to give up a first-round pick? You want to give up Shane Wright? You want to give up assets right now? I don't really. 27 games left. This team is telling you if you're going to compete with Toronto and Boston and Vegas and the best of the best, you need a little bit. You need a little bit. So is there anything in between? You tell me, unfortunately, this is a seller's market. It's a bit of a seller's market based on some of the moves that have gone down the last few days. I'll tell you what else is a little frustrating. After really turning the corner and making it seem like he was going to be your number one goalie, seeing Grubauer give up, what, 12 goals in two games? I know they're against very good offenses. I'm not, you know, I'm not... There's a lot of goals. Well, Curtis Rogers was pointing Sheesh. out on Twitter yesterday that they're all, like, he's back with responsible. Sheesh. As soon as they score, it's like they yeah. score right back. I hey, get that figured out. All right, there you go. That is everything you need to know. We do that quarter past every hour here on the new Brock and Salt the Show. Way, yes. By the way, when I mean a number, the right number for Bobby, I'm not talking about 45 or 54. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just want to make that very clear. <laughs> okay, because if he came back here, he would wear 54. He wouldn't wear 45. Are you sure? Yeah, because we know that he's all into nines, right? right. Like, so whatever yeah. adds up to Wait, nine, what was KJ's so. number again? Uh, KJ's 50. Yeah, well, KJ's. That was good. Nice uh-huh. job. It wasn't 59 or 51. One. By the way, I've been walking the hallways during breaks, kind of getting my my bearings around this place and it feels so good to be back and i told all of you an hour 22 minutes ago if you're a baseball fan you make your way to dyersville iowa that's where field of dreams is and you make your way to the cactus league or the grapefruit league did you see the most important member of the staff while you walked the halls that i like i just saw i saw him yesterday tucker in there i saw him yesterday he had his head peeking out of the door yep is that a yellow lab is that what that is yeah Yeah. now remember speaking of thick don't pet his head he looks strong does not like his head pet it's not my dog i don't know how to ask for permission anyway it's not a big head and don't call dog. Jared Kelnick JK. Yep, that's another thing we've learned today. I doing that, but no, don't he call doesn't care JK. for JK. We're gonna we're gonna stick with uh, Jared. I think now Good. moving forward. All right, coming up next, Brock. I think I think it's time to get into this so-called bombshell that dropped bomb, on Friday bomb, morning. Bomb. An absolute bombshell. It dropped on Friday, and we'll discuss next. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right, we're going to talk a lot of baseball today, and Matt Brash is going to join us an hour from now. The entire team is heading in right now for a very important Players Association meeting, a big players only meeting, and then uh, they'll have their own meetings, and mm-hmm. then they'll start working out before uh, today's game, one o'clock, against the White Sox, and we're going to try to head over there and watch some of that as well. So that gives us some time, Brock. Is Shannon joining us, by the way? Shannon will join us at eight o'clock. Nice. You know, I forgot to mention that to yeah. her, but we'll make sure okay. she'll know. She'll be out here at eight o'clock. Don't worry about it. Shannon will be just fine. Uh, so Friday morning, you and I are both off. I was down here with my buddies and stuff, and. I just checked as I was waking up in the morning, a little groggy from a big night the night before. And uh, I happened to notice, bombshell. Russell Wilson wanted Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired before he left. And I thought that I had been taken back in time a year. No disrespect at all to the three people who wrote the story, Jason Jenks and Mike Sando, and I'm blanking on the other person because I was not as familiar. But great job with the story and the athletic. Awesome reporting, as always, as you would expect from certainly the two people on that list that I know. And and in general, great reporting from highly respected people. And for all those out there going, fake news, made up quotes. Mike Sando's like John Clayton's chosen successor. Mm -hmm. Calm down. 
The professor trusted that guy as much as anybody, raised him in this business, and Sando knows what he's doing. Let's be very clear. Smart guy, honest guy, etc. But I, I couldn't believe it was being categorized as a bombshell. Great report. Glad to have it confirmed. But was there anybody in the city that didn't think that was the case? I was like, of course it was true. Well, you, I, I think there are still some that, that would say, hold on a second. You think Russell Wilson called Jody Allen and told him to fire Pete and John? Yes. Uh, Russell didn't do that. Oh, I'm sorry. His agent did it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Russell's camp did it. Yeah, yeah of course. Here's uh, so. Do you? Gonna... Yeah. Did you think so before that report? Yes. Yes. Right. And, and so I, I said that and I was surprised that people were like, oh, what are your sources? Like, right. oh, I don't need sources because it's just what I thought happened. Right. I'm not telling you I had evidence of it. I didn't know that it happened and I'm not reporting that it happened, but I certainly assumed that it happened. And so credit to Mike and, and Jason and et cetera for getting this deal confirm you know uh, some some i don't know if i want to say confirmed because there's nothing on the record and spoken but that they got it that they got oh, it reported 15, there were 15 to 20 different that's sources. right i mean they got a report that yeah. got this done and good for them for getting somebody to talk about it on the record hey I, I so you, so you don't believe russell when russell comes out friday that day and responds and says i never i never did that right because he didn't make the call personally sure because Pete was my father figure, and I love him and John, and that is, you know, that's buffoonery that I would want to get those guys fired. So you're not believing Russell Wilson? No. Okay. I'm not. You mean with his well, new he, publicist? The tweet never said that he didn't do it. Just said he never wanted them fired. Um, here's what I know. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want them fired. I asked for them to be fired. I just didn't really want it. Yeah. You remember Peter King and his, like, Monday morning, here's what I know I know, or I think I think I, I think. I think I think. I think I think. Well, this isn't I think I think. This is I know I know. All right? So here's the facts that I know on both sides of this. Right? Much like Mike and Jason and the, and, and the crew went to work and, and, and wanted, and you know what? Brussels camp didn't speak to them, didn't want to be quoted on the record, any of that stuff in that article. I'm sure they reached out to him. Here's what I know I know in taking in both sides of this. I know I know the Seahawks were not going to do another deal with Russell Wilson. Right. Okay? So that, that is a, a, a confirmed fact on both sides. They were not going to do another deal. Russell knew he wanted another deal. Mm-hmm. That, that he wanted to get one more mega deal. Right, this whole thought that he's going to play to fifty, flush it—that's not going to happen. But he wanted, you know, at the peak of his career still, and, and still performing and everything else, he wanted another deal. The Seahawks knew we're not doing that deal. Russell's camp knew the Seahawks weren't doing that deal. That's what I know. I know. So then, what happens next? If I'm Russell Wilson and I want a deal, I either need them fired or I need to be traded. That's exactly right. There's no other option. There's no other option. Right, and and so ultimately. Isn't this what we talked about just over a year ago with the big meeting and the smoke and the plumes and all of that of like, isn't that what they're discussing? Yep. What to do? Who to choose? Yes. So whether somebody asked for someone to be fired or because demanded Pete, or this, that, and Pete the other. Because Pete and like, John were not, not going to do a deal. And they, I think made it very clear to Jody Allen and everybody else and Chuck Arnold, like, we're not doing another deal with Russell. We're not doing that. Okay, and so Russell's camp becomes very aware of that. They know that. I've spoken to their camp about that. They knew they weren't going to do another deal. So you have two roads to go down. Okay, either we're going to do our work on our end to get this regime out and go to Jody and go to Chuck and go to the organization and say, hey, listen, right, we want to be here. Russ wants to finish his career here. Russ is invested here. Russ is, well, why not use giving a 
Well, there's been a lot of money given with Safeway and Albertsons here. Okay, we want to do that, and we want we don't want to leave. We're building a school down in Burien. We don't want to leave. So, but but Jody and Chuck. Pete and John aren't going to give us another deal. No. So what are you going to do? Yeah, you, you got to, from a money perspective, if you want that deal and you want to remain in Seattle where you've built something, yeah, you, you want. And by the way, I'm actually not mad at Russ about this one. I'll, I'll get into it in a moment. Dave Wyman was. I, I don't know if you heard any of Wyman on Friday talking about this. This are strong words from Dave Wyman here in Cut 9. This is pretty, pretty despicable, you know, as far as, like, you know, trying to get the coach and the GM fired. And, you know, who do you think you are? I mean, I know he's a great quarterback, but I just think, again, Russ, I don't think, I think he got in over his head. I think a lot of it was Mark Rogers. I mean, for him to have a publicist, you're a football player, man. You're a football player. I think it's a good take in some ways. I don't entirely agree with Dave, but I I like the take and I completely understand his view on it coming from Dave's perspective of what Dave believes a football player to be. Mm -hmm. I, I totally get it. I also get what you're saying, though, bro. And by the way, totally agree on the do you need a publicist play football? And we'll dig into that in a moment because whoever he's hired, he should fire them. But. You, 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 your point makes sense as well. It's about money. This was the only card he could play. That's what I would say to Dave. I don't know if it's despicable, Dave, because he got to a point here where it was clear the organization wasn't going to extend him. So this is the only card that his team could play was, hey, man, if I want to still be here, yeah. let me so see. Do you think that's it, though? Because I don't think it's just that. Well, I'm, I'm well, willing to, to buy that point, that's part of it. To Dave's point, they weren't going to give him another deal because of all of the stuff that had built, right? Like, he did create a bit of a situation, I think, because – he was fracturing his relationship with them. He was. A lot of the drama absolutely played a role in it. But if he could still play and they still believed that he could be the wizard and he could still run around and he could still win games in the fourth quarter. They might have found a way to get it. They, they still but could it, have but cut I, through I think some of the drama. Even if they had been willing to offer him another deal, I think he still might have gone in this direction. Because I think he looked at it and was frustrated with the system, yeah. didn't feel like it suited his talents or his desire to be an MVP, which comes through in that story of, of you know his need to be an MVP and mm-hmm. talk about that over and over. Um, and I don't think he liked the talent that was around him. So, yes, I agree with you. Money probably played a role, and I think what you know you know definitely factors in. But I also understand Dave's point of view of, like, who do you think you are? And I think I kind of come down somewhere in the middle. I'm not mad at Russ for wanting a a change. (laughs) He shot a shot. He said, I'm going to make a power play, and I'm going to try to be the guy who leads this organization into the next phase. And Jody Allen, thankfully, aptly, said, "Mm, no, you're not. I'm going to choose the other guys over you. (laughs) She very easily could have chosen Russ like they did in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers over Mike McCarthy. And Mm -hmm. and we've seen those power plays work out Mm -hmm. in different ways with other with other situations. I tell you what, the bombshells for me and they're not even really bombshells because I think we knew some of this stuff also. But an office, his own. We knew that Jake had kind of a a place, et cetera. Okay, fine. (laughs) Like he's there doing some work, et cetera, all day. You gave your quarterback an office? See, that, and that, you didn't just give him an office. Hold on. You gave him an office on the coach's floor? Right. Brock. And I've he, been, was, he was telling other players, I've got an open door policy. Yeah, feel like free to come, to come into my office whenever you want. You know, you don't have to book an appointment with my secretary. <laughs> what the heck is that? See, that, that when Dave says, who do you think you are? It's about this. That, to me, is what. 
resonated because the first part is just purely business so when you get to that level of hundreds of millions of guaranteed dollars and you know that organization doesn't believe in you you're going to do your your agent's going to do your bidding he's going to do whatever he can you know to to try to keep you around here the who do you think you are falls a lot more with this stuff sounds like he wanted to be a player coach what are you doing that's a bad look right I know you and I have thought about Peyton, right? And you made fun of him a lot. And you talked about HGH and everything else. And, I would and never. All. It's not his. It's just yeah, Ashley. That's right. All I mean, that it fun is poor, stuff. You know, Ashley really needed it. And, well, you know, Peyton Manning. He put happened it, to have a really long, great career at the end. Peyton Manning. And, and it kind of bothered me. because <laughs> Things it, happen, man. Because it left me with the hunter, the punter, and the kicker, Mike Vanderjack. So I, my locker was with those two because he put himself right in the middle of the O-line. Right. In the locker room. He didn't want to see you know, be with the backup quarterback or the kicker or punter. Oh, he didn't he, know your name. He put Peyton knew my name. Tom Moore didn't know my <laughs> name. He put his locker right next to right next to Jeff Saturday. He didn't want you to sniff out the HGH right next shipments. to <laughs> Tariq Glenn, right next to the O line because he knew that's mm-hmm. the heartbeat of the team. I need to be right with my guy. He wasn't that's, upstairs with the coaching staff. That's the office for him. That was that's his office. His office. Yeah. Yes. Now listen, Kirk Cousins had an office in Washington. It was right when you walked in. It was right by the locker room. It was right by the guys. Other, you know, there have been documented. Other guys have had some offices. And I can understand never. why because of the and some of the guys in the report to to Russ's credit said, "Hey, look, it's not like he was using it to run net jets or whatever that thing is he's part of. Yep. Like he was using it with a blackboard full of you know plays and ideas and this and that. But even that, if you put it by the coaches, is confusing. Yes." Yeah, and you have your Tuesday meetings in there, and uh, what were they called? The, the, the State of the Union. State of the Unions, and it just—it's all commingled. Yeah, I'll it's tell you. A mess. Let me play a cut eight. Rich Eisen heard about all this last week, and he was unimpressed. Spatially, on the second floor of this building, so players would have to go up there, and it's a—they quoted a, a, a member of the Broncos, unnamed member of the Broncos, that. Any player that normally would go up to that floor would be afraid they're being called up there to get cut. Bring your playbooks. And here's the quarterback saying, bring your playbook because we're going to come up with plays for the playbook in my office on the second floor. And and somebody was quoted as saying, you know, the open door policy that Russ had, that's great, but his open door should have been his locker. And I that quote just hit me in the gut. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much that. Thanks, Rich. Yes, that. That's exactly what I think we were we're all thinking. And so what I, I got to tell you, Dave is making fun of him for having a publicist, which I understand. He thinks that's weird. He thinks football players don't need that. Dave's old school, and I love it. Who in the world I don't know. is Russell Wilson's publicist no. and what should be done to them? Because whatever they are, and I know he hired a new publicist, doesn't seem like it's going any better. They need a new job. They're not good at this job. I've never in my life, short of like, you know, O.J. Simpson, from somebody who did nothing illegal, allegedly. I've never seen a fall from grace like this without a a, a horrible action. Well, he didn't cheat on his wife. He didn't get arrested. He didn't hit somebody. He didn't get into a fist fight. He didn't do anything close to that. But it just he just got coming. exposed, man. And it just keeps coming. It's like he he's made enemies. 
They attacked his play. They attacked his personality. They attacked his charitable giving. They attacked his honesty. They attacked his his uh, desire for greatness, etc. Bathrooms. I mean, there is not one part of this guy's life that hasn't been ripped to shreds. And it's like we're on a once a week basis mm-hmm. where there's new information that's going to come out. What is next week's story? He punts puppy dogs. I mean, like, what what are they going to? Report on this guy next. It's okay. crazy. And yeah. where are the people coming to his aid? Well, well Marshawn did. Okay. Cliff Averill did. Yeah. Again, wouldn't you expect there to be dozens? Gar- of I it, mean, I listened to the Marshawn thing. He just basically it was more about his play. Yeah. Like he was like he works hard, and at the end of the day, like I'd have him on my team. He made a lot of plays. Marshawn also was the one that yeah. said like I'm not going through to him as like if I have to go through his manager. Like right. he, yeah. Yeah. You would just expect if he was. The great one that people would be like, so stop. This all has to stop because he's been great. And you don't get enough of that. Yeah, it's just it's just too much. That's uh, I'll just cut right to Wyman. It's like, just come on, man. Just play football. But when you are a brand, when you are a mogul, when you are married to a multimillion platinum superstar, right? When you have been bigger than all of this stuff and bigger than others, and you don't have, and it's what I have said over the course of this last year, time and again, Salk, you just don't have somebody that says, Hey man, come here. Like enough. Are you sure? I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident. You're sure that that no one there says that? I'm pretty confident. And that they don't get ignored? I'm pretty confident that around him and in his entourage and in his team, I know that Trevor Moad was a big part of that. I knew Trevor pretty well. I know that Trevor was the one man yeah. in the room that could say to Russ, hey, man, like this yeah, is. That, that's Russell's person. That was his uh, his mental skills coach. Mental skills he, coach. He passed away yep. before the 2022 season. Yep. Uh, 21 season, excuse yes. me. And, and, and it is sad, and it does feel as if that is part of this. And I, I my heart goes out to him, honestly, in that way. But well, I'll tell you what he has now. He hasn't handled life well, well without I'll him. tell you what he has now. He now has Sean Payton, who's not going to play these games. No. And I will say this. The first little look that we had at Russell last week, he looked as thin as I've seen him in 10 years. Agreed. I've not seen him other than having to respond to report after report all over Instagram, all over Twitter, all over the globe, but all over the But his responses to these reports have not, have not gone been well. They've not been good. Nope. And if you're his publicist, I would think that's something you want to be able to you know do better at. Uh, well, and feel- we were off on Friday, but we also talked about how now Sean Payton is going at people on Twitter after he told too. his players Ridiculous. to stay off. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, throw Phil Mickelson on that list. His fall is, has from grace has been fairly gigantic, I think, here in Lance the course Armstrong. of the last year or so. Yeah, but that's yeah. he did something. That's, yeah. that's steroids that's and all of that. That's an action. Yep. This is just like all of the sudden the world is coming out to get this guy. And I just I, I can't recall ever seeing anything quite like this. Time for some Blue 88. This is Brock and Sox Blue 88. Blue 88! Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Ewer breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Ewer and Mike Saul. Oh, Brock, I know you're in your glory. The Underwear Olympics get underway this week, and you can body shame them and body lust after them uh, for five straight days. Uh, what happens when? Yeah. What should we be excited about? Well, most importantly, Pete and John speak tomorrow. Now, it's a little different because John Schneider and John Schneider show is every week on the station with Dave and, and, and Bob in the afternoons on Thursdays. So we have heard from John the last couple weeks, which is 
which is nice, yes. which, which is different than years past. It's usually only been on this Tuesday at the Combine the entire offseason do we hear from Pete and John. So that will happen tomorrow. Both of those men will have their press conferences in Indianapolis. Today, all the all the players come in. What did John Schneider say to, to Dave and Bob? They've cold their list of 1,300 players to about 300. <laughs> so they'll have a bunch of evaluation, a lot of interviews, a lot of physicals. Jalen Carter projected to be one of the top picks, top five pick for sure. The number one D lineman from Georgia out today. I'm here to interview, do physicals. I'm not doing anything on the field. I see Bryce Young's not going to throw either. Bryce Young's not going to throw. Now he'll be measured and he'll be interviewed and he'll go through the physicals and all that. C.J. Stroud will throw, which I think is the right play for him. So anyhow, it is going to be press conferences tomorrow. It is going to be interviews behind the scenes. The first stuff on the field is the D lineman. The D lineman and, and the linebackers on Thursday will be running, will be jumping, will be measured. Tyree Wilson, I think, has more to gain than... Well, I shouldn't say that. There's going to be others behind him that can gain maybe a little bit more, Miles Murphy and others. But he will have an opportunity to really solidify himself as a top five pick. And how he runs and how he jumps and how he measures and how he moves, he wasn't at the Senior Bowl, will be a really big deal. We'll keep an eye on it come Thursday. All right, question number two. Well, it was right here, Brock, that uh, I was screaming about yeah. Larry Scott oh. when the Korean television crew was a little confused as to what the angry man was yelling about. What's going on with the Pac-12? I, I saw Apple as a possibility, and then I, I legitimately saw them connected to a network or something that, I got to tell you, I've never heard of it. I don't know what it was. I'm just looking at it in an email today to our in the, in kind of this media industry that we get from our friend Mr. Barrett at Barrett Sports Scripts. That would be a Scripps enters Pac-12 TV negotiation. Are you familiar with Scripps? I mean, it's a big publishing company. Yeah. I think they have a spelling bee, too, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe they're partnered with Ion TV as that well. That was the one. Ion yeah. is what I saw. Never. What is Ion? I never heard of it. Either. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Am I supposed to know what that is? I don't know. Did you know what CW channel was? Where yes, it was? I did. Because nobody else did. Nobody watched it. I mean, it. I, nobody watched it, but I know what it is. Yeah. I mean, like, that's where Dawson's Creek used to be. This is this is not good. I I joke totally tongue in cheek that we're going to be watching the Cougars on the gas station televisions. I, I joked about that. The Huskies and the the Apple Cup is going to be at Shell seventy six. So just pump your gas and you can watch it on the little TV. And I joke about that, but that's. That's where it feels like this thing is heading. It's a disaster. So good. Can All I right. give you? No, let me give you one little. Good is there news. good news? Yeah, I'll give you one little what, good news. What could it possibly be? I think if you added up the spring game attendance for the Colorado Buffaloes for the last twenty-three years this century, yeah. it wouldn't equal the number of tickets they've sold for their spring game. Over thirty thousand tickets sold, and it's been free until now. Correct. The free tickets couldn't compete with what they. That's did. exactly. That's right. just Dion. That is prime time. All right. Question number three. I got a good story. For you. Question number three. So what do you think? Bobby Wagner, he is going to be released according to reports. Would he come? And more importantly, would they want him? Did you slide into his DMs and ask him? I did not. I asked K- I asked KJ, and KJ was like, yeah, start a campaign. Let's go. I get may, him back here. I may or may not have texted him to at least ask yeah. to get the temperature, and the temperature is he's willing to listen. So do you think they're willing to ask? Absolutely. Absolutely. Would you want him back? Yeah. If Jordan Brooks were here and healthy, this wouldn't be a conversation. I really don't think it would be. 
He's going to be a linebacker. Uh, and, and uh, you know, as KJ has told us and around that building, as Pete has told us, like, he's the heartbeat, man. He's got the juice. But that injury is a significant injury. That is an ACL that happened late in the year. And to count on him being back anytime in August, September, October, I think is highly unrealistic. Maybe not at all. It takes some guys well over a year to come back. So I think that that opens the door for the conversation. I think his leadership, I think his captaincy, and most importantly, I think his power and his speed yeah. and his knowledge are, are still there. But it's all about the number. Yeah. It, and it's not 45 or 54. It is what's it going to cost you? Because if there are other teams, and I've seen the Chiefs floated around, have got some cap space and maybe other opportunities that he looks at and says, yeah, you know, it's great in Seattle, and I love Seattle, but A, I'm going to get paid more, and B, I'm going to be on a team, if it is Kansas City, that's got all the pieces in place, including the quarterback, and I want to win another ring, I don't think they'll be able to compete with that. So just to be clear, are you saying that Bobby is interested in listening, willing to oh, listen? Oh, he's, will, he's willing to listen, absolutely. He, he is his own agent. He's willing to listen. There are not hard feelings. It is not scorched earth. It is not uh, these guys so disrespected me that I'm not even going to answer the phone. There is a decade of background between these two sides. Bobby's Hall of Fame career was built in Seattle. Am I telling you he wants to end it in Seattle? I am not. He is going to go to the market, and the market is what the market is willing to pay. And I think that that will play a big role, as will whether or not a legitimate, bona fide Super Bowl contender like Philly, like Kansas City, if they are in play, that may be tough to compete with as well. All right, that is today's Blue 88. Three good football questions for Brock on what is primarily a baseball day, and Matt Brash going to join us coming up at 8.30 this morning. I totally lucked into a great situation. Totally lucked into it. So Saturday, I was hanging with I got down here a little early to hang with some college buddies. Mm -hmm. Uh, My buddy Joel and Nate, and they were all down here, which was great. And uh, Nate was going back to the airport on Saturday. And so he said, hey, before we go down there, let's, like, stop and just grab a beer, sit outside somewhere. So we went to Tempe because that's right on the way to the airport Mm -hmm. from, from where we were. And so we get to Tempe and, um, you know, which is where Arizona State is. I was telling them, Brock, about your legendary performance at Arizona State and how Sun Devil Stadium has some great memories for you, et cetera. I told them all about that. I think I said fourth and 28, but 17 works too. Uh, I may have exaggerated on your behalf. He brags about you. I know. I was. Yeah, of course I was bragging about you. And so we, we go into town. Remember when you and I uh, went and had sushi there yes. on, on, what is it, Grand Map or whatever it is? Yeah. And so um, we went in there, and we found, a, we found a bar sitting outside. Beautiful day on Saturday. And they just happened to have, because you're at ASU, the Arizona ASU basketball game. Oh. And, you know, I'm kind of watching out of the corner of my eye, and it's back and forth, and there's a ton of people there really into it. And, of course, it ends. You see how it ended? No. It's unbelievable. It's very rare that this happens. Two seconds left. Arizona goes up two, and the guy, they get the free throw. Make a free throw to go up two, and they inbound it, long pass, and the dude shot from beyond half court as as the clock hit zero. Bang. Swish. Right through how rare is that that you actually see a a three-pointer to win from beyond half court at the buzzer and this bar explode i mean as you would imagine exploded arizona state beating their in-state rival at 
their building where they never lose. Mm. They're ranked number seven in the country. It was phenomenal. And we just happened to be at ASU. So I'm, fun. I've been in Tempe one other time in my life, yep. which is when you and I were there for the Super good Bowl. Good sushi. Very good sushi. <laughs> yes. Good service, too. Yes. But I uh, I will say it was such a cool – that was that was something that I kind of miss. I love yeah, that. That's super fun. Yeah. Super fun environment as it is right here. Ooh, nice. So we get a little uh, infield work. We get a little infield work. Are we get Perry out here? Perry's probably going to be over here. This yeah. is sort of his domain. Yeah, this wall is. right over here is Perry's domain. Good. So, all right. Shannon's going to come join us in a couple of minutes. Matt Brash is going to join us at 830. We got so much baseball to talk. We're live at spring training. It's Brock and Salk. Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com.